on faith principles for financial freedom. And uh, the subtitle is Seed Time and Harvest Principle. The Seed Time and Harvest Principle. We talked about the Shepherd Principle. And that is a great principle, making Jesus the shepherd of your life so that you will never know want. You have to believe that with all of your heart. If you believe that Jesus is the shepherd of your life, you shall not know want according to his word. And then we went to the second principle, the covenant principle. That is the agreement that you have with God as a child of Abraham for the blessings of Abraham. And as you maintain your own end of the covenant, God gives you the power to get wealth. And that's in the scriptures. God is the one to get, that gives you the power to get wealth so that he might establish his covenant with you as of this day. God is wanting to establish his covenant with you or to fulfill his, coven his covenant with you today. And he wants you to have the power to get wealth so that he can do that. He needs wealth in your hand for his covenant to be fulfilled in your life. That is why he is the shepherd of your soul. And Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Today... We're talking about the seed time and harvest principle. And we're starting in Genesis chapter 8 verse 22 when God gave this principle to, to Noah. You have to remember that in Genesis after Adam's sin, God cursed the earth. He said, Adam, you, out of your sweat you will eat bread. No matter how, what you do, you will have to sweat before you can be successful. Out of your sweat, you will eat bread. But then the flood came. And after the flood, uh, Noah had an offering to the Lord. And the Lord kind of went back a little bit and said, Okay, I'm going to set another thing in motion for man. Amen. And he said, While the earth remains... As long as this earth remains, if this earth is still here, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall never cease. As long as you still have day and as long as you still have night, you have to sow to reap. That's the principle today. If you don't sow, you will have nothing to reap. What you sow is what you reap. You can't sow apples and expect to reap oranges. You sow what you reap. What you should reap. That's, what, that's the way God is said it. Now you can sow and God can bring the same back to you, but also bring other goodness along with it because God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or even imagine. So you are imagining to receive some from this and God can spread it out for you. But you have to sow. If you don't sow, you can't reap. If God allows you to reap without sowing, He goes against His word, and that's never right. You got to go according to His word. He cannot bless you unless you're sowing. So sowing is the great principle that God has given to us. It's the principle of prosperity for God's children. Let me share this with you. There are four dimensions to the Word of God. Hear it clearly. 
There are four dimensions to the Word of God, the way God works. Four dimensions to the Word of God. And you can find, find that in Second Timothy, I believe, uh, chapter 3, verse 16. It says, all scripture is given by the inspiration of the Word and is given to profit for doctrine. That's principles, okay? That's the first uh, dimension. Doctrine, principles. You need to find principles out of the Word of God for reproof, for correction, and for instruction. Many times people will have doctrine, principles of the Word of God, but they don't want instruction. The instruction is how to go about operating the principle that God's given to you. You need those four two things. It says, these things, doctrine, reproof, instruction, correction, that the man of God, the woman of God, may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. All scripture is profitable. But to profit from scriptures, you need to know the principles, the doctrine. You need to, know, you need to be reproved sometimes when you get enough. You need to be instructed. You need to be corrected. All these are the dimensions of the word of God. So we need to understand that as we go into this. Now, the scripture tells us in Psalm 11 verse 3, he says, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? When the foundations are destroyed, if there, there is a foundation of a certain principle that God has given to his children, if that foundation is broken, it is nothing more than the, that the righteous can do. It will not work for you. Even though you are righteous before God. The principle will not work for you. There is no foundation. You see, the Bible tells us if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? You, you're finished. You're righteous before God. You're going to heaven, but you don't have foundation for the principles of God to work in your life. So you hear me talking about principles a lot. I like to know the principle, but you always hear me. I want to know what I could do about that. Show me what to do. So the foundation for prosperity in the house of God, for the children of God, the foundation for success for every believer, according to the word of God, is the tithe. If that foundation is broken, you can never know God's success in life. Never. It will never happen. And I'm not teaching this morning so that you can pay your time. I want to instruct you by the word of God. The church has been taken care of. Until you listen to this and know that this is not the preacher's opinion. This is coming from God. And you go and obey it and do it consistently and faithfully. You will never know true prosperity and peace. That comes from God. You know, the world defines prosperity as how much you have. But God defines prosperity as how much you give. It's not how much you can hold. It's how much you can let go and still be okay. Because when you let go, it's more blessed to give than to receive. A lot of us want to receive, but we don't know that the blessing really comes upon you and overwhelms you 
when you let go. There is a principle there. It's more blessed to give than to receive. It's, we think, if I give, it's lost. It's gone from me. But God's way of thinking says, if you let it go, He's coming right back to you. But when He comes back to you, He won't be in the same way. You, you gave it, you know, with a teaspoon to God, and God shovels it back to you. <laughs> but you got to let go. But there is that thing in us, every one of us. There is that fear in us. And fear is the opposite of faith. You're holding back. You, you're thinking about the future. You're leaning on your own understanding. If I let this go, what about tomorrow? How am I going to take care of this? And you're right. In the natural, you're right. But God is saying, step out of the boat. Lower down your nets. Don't trust how much you've strived in the past. All night you worked and you got nothing. Just listen to me. Give me your boat. Let me use it for a while. And then and put down your nets. And see what I will do. But we're not willing. So we need to understand the foundation for the believer's prosperity is the time. You have seen Christians who are they wealthy one time and they have a lot going on. And then everything comes down. You know why? They're not faithful. God demands faithfulness. It doesn't matter if it's a dollar. If you are faithful in paying your time, He'll keep you up there. You'll never come down. But if you are wishy-washy about how you pay your time, God's going to be the same way with you. He says, those who honor me, I will honor. If you don't honor Him with the tithe, which He says is His, He's going to dishonor you. And when he dishonors you, what that, the result of that is shame. But it's good to have a lot. When you have a lot and you're way up and then you don't have, it's really hard. It's really hard. When you, when you used to have a lot and everybody knew you had a lot, now you, don't need, you can't even buy uh, noodles. And that's pretty rough. Mm. Mm. And God will allow you sometimes just to teach you a lesson to be faithful. This is the important thing. Pay your tithe is so important. In Malachi chapter 3, just to demonstrate to you how important this is. He said that you believe God or you don't. If you believe God, don't give to God out of fear. God they give, gave this to us because He wants to bless us. This is the only shovel he can use to get back to you. You keep the shovel and he can't reach out to you. You refuse to let him have the shovel by giving him your spoon, okay? He, there's no way he's going to bless you. Many Christians depend only on their employment and what they know. But God is saying, I am able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask. Or even imagine. God says in Isaiah 54, Extend, expand the territory of your tent. Because blessings coming. May God convince you to do that this morning in Jesus' name. Begin to increase that. Lengthen the courts according to the scriptures. So the tithe is the key, key thing. And, and, and I, I don't like talking about talking to individuals, telling them you need to pay your tithe. That's up to you. It's, it's really up to you. I've done this since I got saved. 
Once I knew what time it is, I do it. Whether the pastor sees it, I don't care. I'm not giving him to him. I'm not giving it to him. Let him go buy a Cadillac with him. That's his, with his, that's his business with his God. I'm giving it to my God. He's going to bless me. Whether pastor acts silly or not, it doesn't matter to me. That's his business. And not, just, not this pastor, okay? <laughs> it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. That there may be food in my house, and try me in this, says the Lord of hosts. You know, the Lord of the armies of heaven, that's what he's saying. That's, he's saying, look at how big, this is, this is God speaking. I control all the armies of heaven. Try me, if I would not send my armies out, they, all of them out, on your behalf. If I would not open for you, for who? For you, when you try him with your tithe, he says he will open the windows of heaven. I didn't know heaven has windows, but God says it has. <laughs> he will open the windows of where heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. I, God bless me so there is no room. I want it. Oh, knock me over. So I come to you, please, do you have room so that uh, God can, can I borrow your room so God can pour more of my blessings into, I'll let you have a little bit of it. Amen. But God said, try me. God means what he said. We're just not willing to try him. And it's okay. The reason for it is because we're natural beings. We, we are trying to protect ourselves. Self-preservation. But God says, trust me. Just trust me. He says, if you do this, I will bless you. This is the only way you can really receive blessing that's overflowing, where you don't have room to contain it. I don't think God was lying to us. We just haven't believed him enough. We're, depending on, we're leaning on our own understanding and refusing to act. And again, why should I do this? See, God understands. See, my family needs to eat. I can't do that this time. God doesn't understand. You're holding him back. You're limiting the Holy One of Israel. In your life, we need to believe this. This is the foundation. If you don't do this, God cannot bless you. The foundation is not there. This is the real foundation. And I'm going to share with you how important the tithe is. The tithe, the Bible calls the tithe an ordinance. The Bible calls the tithe an ordinance that God himself appointed. An ordinance, let me explain to you. An ordinance is a law. God has ordinances in place that's governing the universe. I found out this week, and I was sharing with my wife. I was shocked. You know, I've been a Christian for some time. You know, I was shocked at this. Did you know that the laws governing the sun and the moon, God calls them ordinance that He appointed, just as the tithe. The tithe is equal to the ordinance that's governing the, and the moon, the heavens, he says, the heavens and the earth. 
the heavens. He says the heavens and the earth that you see, the heavens and the earth. These are ordinances that God himself appointed. The, the sun and the moon he calls his covenant. Let me read that to you. If you read in, uh, uh, um, I believe it's in Jeremiah, chapter 33, in verse 20, God says, If you can break my covenant with the day and my covenant with the night, so that there will be no night and no day, this is verse 20, not verse 25, if you can break that, then you can break the covenant I have with David, so that his son will not be sitting on the throne of God forever. God says that. And then when you go to verse 25 of that same chapter, Jeremiah 23, 33 verse 25, it says, Thus says the Lord, if my covenant is not with the day, so again, covenant with the day, just as the agreement he has with you, the covenant to bless you, if my covenant is not with the day, and night, and if I have not appointed the ordinances of heaven and earth. So God appointed the ordinances of heaven and earth. And you can read further. He says, if you can set those aside, then David, the, the children of Israel will be set aside, and David won't have a son sitting on the throne. So the heavens and the earth, these are ordinances that God has ordained. Just as the tithe. If the heavens and the earth are fighting against you, where, where, how are you going to prosper? Well, how, how is prosperity going to come against, come into your life? When God has appointed those things. Now, how do I know that the tithe is a foundation for your prosperity and is also an ordinance just like the heavens and the earth? Where will God pour out His blessings on you? Is it not the windows of heaven? And when the heaven is not responding to you, how are you going to prosper? That's why I'm telling you that there is the ordinance, heaven and earth, that's the ordinances that God has appointed. And the tithe is also another ordinance that God has appointed. You can fight it all you want, refuse to do it. No wonder you're going up and down and you just survive it. Whereas God wants you to have plenty so that he can establish his covenant with you. You're causing it yourself. I don't have to convince you. They say in churches only 20% 20 20 of the people pay their time. I'm praying that God will increase that to 100% of the ark so that we, the people will be so blessed. When pastor says we got to do this, they just come up with the money. Maybe just one person. That's what I'm believing God for. Let me read from Malachi chapter 3, so you know that the tithe is an ordinance that God has appointed. God says in Malachi chapter 3 verse 7, it says, Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my what? Ordinances. Just like the ordinance of the heavens and the earth. And I have not kept them. He says, return to me. That means when you are not keeping his ordinance of tithe and offering, you're walking away from him. That's what God says. That's not what Pastor Goodluck says. He says, return to me. And I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, 
in what way shall we return? How do we return? What are you talking about? We walk away from you. Then God immediately went to the subject matter. He says, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, in what way have, you, have we robbed you? He says very clearly, in tithes and offerings. Tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you, are, you have robbed me, even the whole nation. You see, God says you rob him of his tithe, not only rob him from God, but also you have walked away from his ordinances and you cannot be blessed. So he says, bring the tithes and the offering. That's your returning to God. And he says, if I will not open the windows of heaven, just try me with that. Come back to me. It's like a father pleading with the son. Son, come so I can bless you. I can reach you to bless you. Come closer. Come. Just do what I asked you to do. So I can reach you and bless you. The ordinance of the times. And for the offering as well. God says, do this so I can open the windows of heaven and pour upon you a blessing. When you don't obey God in paying your tithes and you don't give offerings to the Lord, God, who is the judge, summons you to his court. Amen. He summons you to his court. And whether you like it or not, you will, you will pay tithes. <laughs> you will. If you don't pay your tithes, he summons you to his court. And he, you are going to be tried, and when it's over, he puts a curse upon you. And you walk out with a curse in your life. <laughs> you pay your tithe somewhere. You will pay the tithe. And if you repent, you come back, then he'll reverse it. And pour his blessings upon you. If no matter how much you give to people to organizations as a Christian no matter how much you give to the church if your tithe is out of place the curse remains the curse remains you see God is not a respecter of persons he doesn't care how much you give he knows what he says notice what he says you have robbed me you don't rob somebody of something that belongs to you That's my money, right? And you're telling me I robbed you of my money? That's a joke. That's my money. God's saying the tithe is mine. And if you don't give it to me, you're a thief. And thieves don't get blessed. This is the foundation. In fact, you can read in the Old Testament, God says, if you keep back your tithe, I'm going to put an interest rate on it when you decide to pay it. I'm going to add a little percentage to it when you pay it back. That's how serious it is. It's like you're borrowing from him. Reading the Old Testament. He doesn't play with this. So we really need to know that the foundation for your prosperity is tithing. I know this is not an exciting message, but it's the truth. If you let go of this area, you can cry and pray. You see, I told you... The covenant doesn't answer to prayer. 
the covenant of prosperity doesn't answer to prayer. You can pray all you want. If you are not sowing, you're not going to reap. The foundation is up. It's not going to work. You can fast all you want. But you got to sow. It's not going to work. God is not going to break His word and bless you because you are fasting. He said, why don't you fast and add a little giving to it <laughs> and see what happens. You got to give to God. God doesn't need your money. He said, so that there may be food in my house. When pastor is struggling and is wondering, where are we going to get money to do this? And you're holding back your time and you, guess what? You are making it possible so that in the house of God, the work of God cannot be done. You're responsible. He knows it. Cry all you want for your prosperity. He says, what about my house? You want to be blessed, but you forget my house. You got to give to his house. You got to give your offering to him. He demands it. Notice he doesn't say, give your time. He says, bring it. He's not, you pay it. Amen. The taxes of the United States, that's not your money, it belongs to the government. If you don't pay your taxes, guess what? They'll take you out. I mean, they'll come, I mean, we, they'll send a letter. Take it out of his check when it comes. That's the government of the United States. What about the government of heaven? You, you, whether you like it or not, you pay tight somehow. You will pay it. But you won't prosper if you have to be forced, forced to pay it. Because when you pay it, you are not paying it into the house of God. You're paying it out somewhere else. So remember that the tithe is an ordinance. You know why so I guess people they argue with you? Well, the tithe is of the Old Testament. Well, I guess heaven and earth are of the Old Testament. Right? <laughs> ah. Heaven and the earth, they are also appointed ordinances, right? So keep, keep telling me. Oh, the titles of the Old Testament. Well, I guess day and night and heaven and earth, they are of the Old Testament. We're not having any of that anymore. And I'll believe you. Do not allow, the Bible says that the stars of heaven fought against Caesarea. Remember that? The stars fought against Caesarea so that he, he was destroyed. You can make it so that the stars of heaven begin to fight you, especially when the people of God, the house of God is hurting, and you got the money and you're hiding it, and you won't let go to bless God's work. God wants to bless His people. The way to true prosperity and what really accelerates your prosperity, your success, is your offering. The first one is the foundation. Amen? The real thing is your offering. If you want to go give it on, it's so important. I was reading about Kenneth Copeland. He found this thing in the scripture I'm going to share with you. He found this principle out, and he decided, I've not been as faithful. I used to borrow from people even a dollar just to give pay. Make sure every time the offering plates, every time they take an offering, I put something in. And I, this week as I was studying, I'm going to renew that again. It's so important. Said Kenneth Copeland, you know who he is. Uh, there was a pla- he was in a place, and they were taking so what, the people were taking an offering, and uh, he wanted to give. He checked himself; he had nothing, no checkbook, nothing. 
he took his uh, coat pocket uh, button, just pulled it off and put it in. So he's representing, I'm going to get that. He basically, he said to himself, I will never allow an offering basket to go by and have nothing in him. In, God, in it, I know what that he meant. He'll redeem that. You know what I mean? This is what the scripture says. It tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 16, 16 and 17, it says, Three times in a year all, you, all your males shall appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses at the feast of the unleavened bread and the feast of weeks and the feast of tabernacle. And they shall not appear before the Lord. How? Empty-handed. Every man shall give as he is able according to the blessing of the Lord your God which he has given you. So basically, when you come to the house of God, you don't come. You never come into His presence without something to give to Him. I think Pastor Andy's read it often here. Bring an offering. Remember that scripture? Bring an offering. I wish the children of God would just honor God and listen to what He's saying, regardless of where you were, just where you are today, and say to yourself. I heard that. I'm going to do that every Sunday. And watch after a year. See what God will do with you. We are so focused on what's happening today. We're not looking and seeing what God can do. God said, every male coming before me, bring an offering. Don't come into my presence without something in your hand to give to God. How many times do we do that? It's not how much you give. It's the condition of your heart. And when God sees all you can afford is just a dollar, He knows to give you more so that next time you can give more. You know, offering really draws God. Jesus was in the uh, court of the women or the treasury in His day. And the people were giving offerings. And Jesus was teaching Jesus never paid much attention to the offering. He wasn't going to get the offering anyway. It was for the house of God. But there was a woman that had two minds. Do you remember that? And Jesus stopped everything he was doing. He was sitting there waiting to enjoy the pleasure of this woman letting go of those two minds. And as soon as the woman let go of those two, he, was, he had no pleasure in what was happening. He said she gave more than he walked away. You don't know what your offering can do to God. If your offering can get Jesus' attention, you think you'll stay the same? But have you done anything to warrant getting His attention as a Christian? What have you done? What sacrifice have you made? The other day I shared with you, Solomon decided, I'm just going to bless God. He was excited about God and they were giving offerings. He, he sacrificed a few bulls and, and, and he was so pleased with what he was doing. He says, do it again, do it again. And they, they killed a thousand bulls before God. It's offering. He didn't know that God was going to show up that night to speak to him. He was just blessing God. That was all he thought he was doing. And that night he went to sleep and God appeared. And his life was transformed because of one event. Just one offering to God. Just one offering. 
Many times we hear about the need in the house of God and we close. And then we are expecting others to do it. And you have a lot of people in your mind, well, this person is going to do this, this person. What can you do? He sees all things. The Bible says everything is naked. Open and naked before God. He says you don't have to give a lot. It may be just a little bit that you, but it's a major sacrifice. He sees it and then he opens the windows of heaven and begins to pour out his blessings upon you. In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 28, it says, Let him who stole steal no, no longer, but re- rather let him labor, working with his hands, what is good, that he may have something to give to him who has need. So your job is to provide you with the ability to give, because your living is going to be coming out of your giving. It's more blessed, blessed to give than to receive. That doesn't mean you give and then you got nothing more and then you just stay empty-handed, blessed. No. God pours out on you. I'm going to read these two scriptures and I'll quit. From our New Century Version. How to sow to get results from God. How do I sow according to the principle of sowing seed time and harvest? How do I do that? And be sure of a, a harvest from God. In Second uh, Corinthians chapter nine verse six, it says, "Remember this: the person who plants a little will have a small harvest. God wants you to know that. But the person who plants a lot will have a big harvest. Each of you shall give as you have decided in your heart to give." Don't let the pastor pressure you to give anything. Amen. Don't let Terry (laughs) pressure you to give anything. Amen. I'm the pastor. I'm telling you because if you allow that pressure, you're getting nothing. If you want something, go back to Terry. I mean it. But he encourages us to give and we should respond. Because he's helping us. It says, each of you should give as you have decided in your heart to give. That you should decide in your heart to give. Then decide how much to give. You should not be sad when you give. And you should not give because you feel forced to give. Don't do it if you're feeling pressure. Don't do it. Because you're not going to get blessed. And pastor, I'm saying it is the truth. I'm reading from scriptures. Don't do it because you won't get blessed. God loves the person who gives happily. You only can give happily if you know what's coming. Amen? Because you have faith inside of you. So you give knowing, man, I heard the word of God, and I'm going to give, and I know what God's going to do. So you go out with faith in your heart, and you're giving in that way. God is saying, don't do it any of these ways because you won't get any results. He loves a person who gives happily. And God can give you more blessings than you need. Then you will always have plenty of everything. What would you have? Plenty of everything. Enough to give to every good work. You always 
If they have to give, you give. Do we believe this? God wants to do that for us. Amen? God wants to do that. And finally, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10 and 11. God is the one who gives seed to the farmer and bread for food. In other words, if you say, I've got nothing to give, you're lying. God gave you something. <laughs> God is the one who gives seed to the sower. And if you say you don't have, ask him, God, can you give me something to give? The Bible says he is the one that gives seed to the sower. You want to sow, ask him. He'll give you something. If you don't want to sow and you're asking him, he says, what about the sowing part of it? He says, God is the one who gives seed to the farmer and bread for food. He's not talking about corn, okay? He's talking about money for you to sow. He will give you what all the seed you need and make it grow so that it will so that there will be a great harvest from you from your goodness. He will make you rich. Notice the word rich. God said he will do what? Rich is not a dirty word. Amen. This is scripture. How many want to be rich? If your hand is down, you're lying to yourself. I know that. <laughs> Everyone wants to be rich. God says he will make you rich in every way so that you can always give freely. Why does he want you to be rich in every way? He wants you to be, all, to be able to give freely. Always. Always give freely. And your giving through us will cause many to give thanks to God. In other words, as you give to the work of God, then we are able to go out and bring more people to God. And they will be thanking God because you gave and the work was done. You didn't give, the work wasn't done, so God doesn't grow your seed. He doesn't give you seed to sow because He knows what you'll do with it. You'll eat your seed. And if you eat your seed, you have no harvest. You can pray all you want. You got nothing in the field. And nothing's coming back to you. God wants to bless. It's not just you doing it like we did on Saturday. But giving to us it. I want to brag on what happened on Saturday as I close. Amen. We're closed now. We went out uh, yesterday. I don't know how many of us went. But we had a great time in Carvet. It was a wonderful time. We got 14 people saved yesterday in Calvary. 14 people gave their lives to the Lord. And we have the pictures to show it. <laughs> because we took pictures. Um, but the interesting thing is everywhere we went, to the west and to the east, where you have the African Americans and then you have the other Americans, <laughs> <laughs> Both hands, they were telling us. In fact, a couple just moved to town and they said, We are Pentecostals. We're looking for a church. When are you going to start this church? They're talking about. They're already waiting. Amen. 
and there's a family that prayed to receive the Lord. This grandmother has eight children, grandchildren. She's 14 grandchildren, 14 grandchildren. And she's saying, where is the church? We all come to this church. Amen. So we got a church there that's planted. Amen. And we're thinking right now, I talked with the committee. We're thinking we'll probably start the church in January. And uh, we're already looking at a place to rent. But that's what the kingdom of God is all about. You have an opportunity to give to the work of God. You see? <laughs> you have an opportunity. People don't know. Uh, he says the children of Isaac, they knew the time and the season. People of God recognize the season in which we are and what God is doing with the Ark Fellowship. You can sow into something, just one thing like Solomon did, and your whole life and your family, because of one offering, can be transformed. Amen? We've got a great work to do in Calvert. The church is going to be built. Stand up with me this morning. Let me say this here as we close. Sharing with those who may have doubts in their heart uh, whether or not you really know Jesus. Let me ask this question. If you're standing, if you're standing here today and you walk up to the gate of heaven by way of death, and yes, Jesus standing and asking questions from to everyone, asking, and you came to your turn and he said to you, son or daughter, why do you think I should let you in? In other words, why do you think I should let you into the kingdom of God today, into heaven? What will you say? What will you say? If the answer is wrong, you may never get in. If you have the right answer, and there is the right answer. If you don't know the right answer, and you're in doubt of the right answer, you probably won't make it. I want to help you to make it this morning. Amen? There are two things to do. Two things. The Bible tells us in, in Romans chapter 10. Two things. If you do those two things with all of your heart, you are a Christian. I don't care what the priest says. If you do those two, two things and you mean it with all of your heart, you are a Christian. And if you die, you'll go to heaven. If you mean it. Two things to do. So simple. First, the Bible says you must believe with all of your heart that Jesus is the Son of God. That's number one. You must believe. If you don't believe it, there's any doubt in your heart, you won't make it. But if you already believe and you know in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God, He died on the cross for your sin. If you believe that, that's number one. You are made righteous in your heart. At that point, God says, I recognize that as a believer. The second thing, which is so important, two things to do. You must speak with your own mouth, according to Romans chapter 10, that Jesus is my Lord. You have to own Him yourself. If you refuse to do that, you can go to church, you can pay your tithe, you can do all you want to do. You're not going to heaven. You can even be a very good person. I have a track that I wrote, good people don't go to heaven. That's the truth. 
Because that's the only two things to do. Amen? If you don't know God and you are not sure, would you do that with me today, everyone? Say with me, I believe with all of my heart that Jesus is the Son of God. He died for my sins. I know that He died for the sins of the world. But I know it was for my sins. I received Jesus as my Savior. That's the first part. Second part, say it with your mouth. I believe that today Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Amen. Now, if you did that and you meant it with all of your heart, you are a Christian. And if you die today, you will go to heaven. Don't doubt it. Satan will come and tell you, you mean the pastor said to say those words and that's it? What more do you want to do? You want to go to the cross? That what you want to do? He did that for you. Amen? All you have to do is believe it. Now that you are a Christian, amen? Like I always said, live like one. Amen? Live like one. Behave like one. Live for God. Amen? Let's put our hands together this morning as we give Him a clap offering. Let's give God a clap offering. And if you just, if you just made that declaration this morning, know that you are a child of God. Submit to teaching. Go to Sunday school. Talk to pastor. Talk to Pastor Andy. I want to learn more. If you do that, then the seed of God abides in you. Amen? Let's lift our hands up to the Lord this morning. Father God, we are your people. Every one of us here today. You said you would keep us from the evil one. You said no one can pluck us out of your Father's hand. Because your Father gave us to you. We are your children. And you've promised to bless us. Give us the heart of obedience, O oh God. Incline our hearts to obedience. Help us to follow through according to your word. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat of the good of the land. We ask that you help us to be willing and that you help us to be obedient so that we can eat of the good of the land here in the United States so that everyone will see and know we belong to you. Father, I bless your people with all of the blessings of heaven today. Let the blessings of God come upon them and overtake them. Let the peace of God overwhelm their lives and their home and everything, their business, their jobs. Lord, I bless them because your word says there will be a blessing. Your word will not return to you void. They are blessed to be a blessing. The word is established in heaven. These are blessed people of God. And they are a blessing to the world. We want the manifestation of your word in the natural on the earth. Even today. We thank you, Father. For fulfilling your words in our lives. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Say with me, I am blessed. Now high five a few people around you and you're truly blessed. Amen.